Hello, you're listening to the Mental as Anything podcast and I'm Vanessa Lewis and this is... Elton John. <laughs> no, Sharon Chisholm. Hi Vanessa. Hello Sharon. <laughs> or should I call you Elton? You can call me Elton, I don't mind. <laughs> Another very famous person with a background with mental health problems, hasn't he? He has over the years, and anxiety too, I think. Yeah. Yes. And uh, we want to sort of carry on the theme that we started last podcast around stigma, but this time we're really going to be focusing on medication. Mm-hmm. Um, and largely because this week I read a really interesting um it was a post and it was a, a very interesting one and it made me reminisce back to when my son was diagnosed with ADHD and and um, I know that you and I both come from different uh, polar opposite experiences when it comes to medication because my experience has been watching my mother who has medicated um, to the extreme so she's no longer really emotionally connected to myself or even any of her kids or her grandchildren. So, or herself. Or herself. So um, from my experience, I've always avoided medication and it's pushed me to look for um, different ways of coping with anxiety and with depression. And even to some extent to um, Ben's ADHD. But mind you, he was always diagnosed with a milder form of ADHD. It's never the kind of child that would be running up the walls and um, highly... Um, well, he, he was. He had a lot of problems at school, but mm-hmm. we managed to find the right environment to nourish him. And he's all is good. But he did end up going on um, antidepressants for some time. And I didn't have a problem with that. For me, it was about uh, getting him back onto a leave even keel so that he could then, we could then work together um, in able to help work out what was creating the problems which we did. We moved his, you know, moved him from a destructive school environment into a much more supportive one. Mm-hmm. We got him more socially engaged, and everything really picked up. So to me, that's one of the connections. Um, when I look at at people with mental health problems, especially when it comes to anxiety and depression, and the stigma around it, it's that disconnection that we often create mm-hmm. like as I said you know I didn't tell anyone I'm sure actually I've shared this podcast with a lot of my ex-work colleagues so they're probably going oh my god we yeah. never knew <laughs> we never knew we had no idea but yeah but you've had a different experience with medication completely from me so yeah I um I, I think we we talked briefly about this on a previous podcast but I, I was all for the medication because I got to a point where I just didn't want to go on feeling the way I did. Mm. And if medication meant that I could find myself some thinking space uh, where my brain could actually engage with what I was doing, then that would allow me to, to move forward, to feel better, to get up and get going and to be able to then think about, okay, what else do I need to look at? Mm. I need to look at exercise. I need to look at meditation. I need to look at what food I'm eating. Yes. I need to look at how I'm treating myself, how I'm talking to myself. Um, Because as you would know, when you're in that place, the things we say to ourselves is not very nice Mm. and and far worse than anything we would ever say to another person. Yes. 
So I was quite happy to jump on the medication bandwagon. Um, and of course I had some reservations about it. Uh, one of them was exactly what you were talking about with your mum. I was worried that I was going to turn into this numb, zombie-like person that was devoid of any emotion, devoid of any feeling. Yes. Um, and, and thankfully, that wasn't the case. And certainly, you know, I've been on and off antidepressants over the years uh, until my diagnosis last year of bipolar disorder. Um, and then I knew really that I had to look at, at medication to at least stabilise me before I could think about, about moving forward. Um, and, and I was really scared. I was scared initially about um, what to tell people, um, what to tell my family, what to tell my kids. Mm, mm. Um, and, you know, did, did I really need this medication? Mm. What are people going to think about me? Mm-hmm. Just because you don't have enough to worry about at that point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can barely get off the lounge. And, and then, of course, not only am I... Um, beating myself up about this but I've also then got to worry about what are other people going to think yes I'm not really one to worry about what other people think but it creeps in it certainly creeps in and I think that you know there's a couple of reasons why that is one is there's a very we're actually tribal animals so we want to fit in the tribe so we constantly worry about whether we fit within that tribe um, and so shame is, you know, the mechanism for that. Mm-hmm. Shame, you, you know, is an tr- internal trigger that makes us double check, triple check. Are we doing the right thing? Will I be rejected for this? Because one of the biggest things that it comes to medication, especially if you're in the corporate world, is how will your work colleagues look at you? Yeah. So you don't tell anyone. Yeah. And, and of course... You know, rejection often comes from a place of fear. So if you tell people and they think, well, I don't know what that means. I don't know what I'm meant to say to you. I don't know how I'm meant to act around Mm. you. I don't know what this diagnosis is going to mean. Um, So I'll just kind of block you out because that makes it easier for me to deal with. Yeah. And, And in fact, some of the medication that you have these days, they might say to you, you know, be mindful of how much you're drinking, you know. Yeah. So, and before your mechanism was to drink. Yeah. And a lot of your work colleagues expect you to drink because yeah. you were drinking with them and they saw that as social instead of understanding that was your mechanism for coping, you know, getting through that night. Um, so that's certainly one of the biggest issues. Or the other, a lot of people turn to is smoking dope. Yeah. Uh, just to get, again to bury the turmoil that's going on inside, to get through that moment, to get through the night, to get through the isolation that they feel inside because mm-hmm. that's mental health challenges always make you feel like you're in it on your own. Oh, absolutely. Even though you may be surrounded by people who love and care for you. And I think the other thing with alcohol and and drugs of, of any kind, and I'm, I'm not talking about the drugs you get from the chemist, um, is that they are a lot more socially acceptable. Mm. Well, some of them are. Than sure. medication. Yeah. Um, and, you know, thankfully, I, I'm very um, thankful that I've never felt the need to turn to alcohol. I've never felt the need to turn to drugs. Um, and, you know, whilst I used to go out and get completely trolled in my 20s, I never really had an urge to once I had mm. children. And, mm. and whether that was because... Um, the people you hang around. Yeah, Define that too. Yeah. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, when I was in my 20s, all my friends were single. That's what we did. We went out four or five nights a week. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't do that now. I'd just be exhausted. I wouldn't be able to function. Yeah. Um, so it is It is a lot more um, easily accepted, I think, by society. Certainly the milder forms of, of drugs. Yes. Yes, certainly. Absolutely. Uh, so one of the biggest things that we really worry about is, of course, is what people will think of us. And I think there's, there's a fair understanding as to why we need to have a little bit of discernment because a lot of people don't get it. They don't understand mm. um, how you're feeling or, you know, because you might to them put on that lovely brave face mm-hmm. of being the joking person or the yeah. happy or the really dedicated at work and so yeah. forth kind of person the very perfect perfect perfection used yeah. to be what drove me and i think what created some of the biggest problems yeah. i ever had was that drive for perfection so i can understand why people might not want to share and but i i would sort of encourage because i since leaving those environments you know where i did keep it all quiet i did find the right people and yeah. some of them even were part of that environment yeah. so they know now what i went through and they didn't have the judgment once i shared it with them yeah but i was so afraid of doing it at the time that i didn't you know i just hit it really well yeah my family suffered my husband yeah. suffered <laughs> no yeah. one at work did <laughs> yeah yeah that that i completely understand because it was exactly the same for me you know often my friends would say what i thought you were fine mm. You know, you always seem really happy, you always seem really put together. Mm. And yet at home, of course, where Mm. it was a a safe environment and and the people really couldn't escape me. They couldn't reject me because, you know, I had to feed them. (laughs) Um, I was able to kind of vent that frustration and sadness and all of those Mm. things. And Mm. I became very uh, cut off from, from my family. Yes, because I just had all this noise in my head. Yeah, the double whammy of needing to let it out to also realising I'm hurting my family but yeah. I can't do anything Yeah, and I don't know what to do. So to me, you know, that depression is a real place of helplessness Yeah, and very much isolation. So some of the things that certainly helped me was finding my tribe. Yeah. Right. So finding the people that would I could share with, because when you are able to share, uh, then you are feel like you're being understood. Yeah. And there's this internal part of you that feels connected. Yeah. At that point, so connection's really important when it comes to mental health challenges. Any mental health challenge, I think, yeah. um, is having that connection, whether it's with your family or with your with your friends, someone that you can trust. Or if you can't trust any of them, it's time to start shopping for some new friends. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, if you can't trust any of them, then mm. something's seriously wrong with your social circle. Yeah. Yeah. And, and often we find that that's the case because we've lived in a certain way or thought a certain way and we've attracted those people, those people to us. Yeah. Um, and, and so we tend to go through this journey and realise that the people we have in our lives aren't necessarily the most supportive or the most open or the most loving of yeah. people or the most positive of people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what you're saying about connection, I, I think that really that is the most important. As human beings, 
that is one of our core needs is to feel needed mm. and to feel connected with people. And you can't do that when you've got this barrier mm. of, of, you know, a fake happiness. Yes. Um, it's, it's really hard to connect with somebody at that deep level when you're pretending all of the time. That, that you're okay yes yes and you know a large part when I think of um you know there's so many reasons why we end up falling into depression mm-hmm. you know, this there can be a vast array of things it can be childhood trauma which affects the brain big time but yeah. often when you have that childhood trauma you go into coping mode for years and years and mm-hmm. years and often it shows up when you've got your family, you've got your kids, you've got the house, everything should be fine, that's when you fall apart. Yeah. Right? It's coming home to roost. You need to get it sorted out. Um, then there can be things like the perfectionist streak. Yeah. You know, the, the thing that really drives you that you've been primed for your whole life, yeah. even in school, to get a good grade, do well at sport, do well at music, whatever your thing was, you had to do well, and that was the only time you ever got the praise. So it created this internal drive, got to be right, got to be you know perfect, and so on and so yeah. on. And then you get the people that um, you know have this vision of their life, and that's all taken away from them. Yeah. And I think the, the thing about perfectionism is that, um, and particularly with people who have come from abusive childhoods, is that you always need to be better. Mm. Why am I not good enough? Mm. What's wrong with me? I must, I need to do better. I need to be better. I need to behave better. I need to study better. Um, but better is never good enough. No. Either for those people or for yourself. Yeah, there's no defined line in the sand. Absolutely. And Mm. so you grow into adulthood still needing to be better and do better and have control. And of course, when when you're depressed or have anxiety, you can't control things. And that's part of the the problem, particularly with anxiety. Um, And so, you know, I used to think, well, if my house is immaculate and my children are immaculate and I'm baking their snacks to take to preschool or whatever then I can control those things but of course then the depression would creep in I could barely get off the sofa and Uh, it would snowball yeah Mm. yeah absolutely um I never got any of those baked treats when did that happen (laughs) they are long gone (laughs) they they did not last long um you know because it was okay well I can control this and then other people will not think oh my god she's falling apart Mm. You know, they all mm. thought I had my stuff together, but really there was no together oh. for my stuff. And nowadays it's even worse because you can get on any social media <laughs> thing now and you can see people who are buff or they're yeah. creative or they're, you know, just look like they have their stuff together. Yeah, but that's me. <laughs> but really what they've done is cleaned off one area of yeah. their kitchen or whatever they are and it looks immaculate yeah. where the rest of the house is just normal. Yeah. Why can't we be normal? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> I know. I know. I, I once posted a picture on my Facebook page of my kitchen after my kids had been in there. And I'd been in my office for a few hours doing some work. And I came out to the kitchen and it was trashed. There were boxes everywhere. And Ben hadn't taken out the recycling. And Emily had had a Milo. And there was just stuff everywhere. And I thought, you know, this is reality. Mm. So I posted a picture and I said just you know keeping it real folks <laughs> keeping it real and 
And there were so many comments that said, oh my goodness, thank goodness that it's not just my house this happens in. And, you know, you just see all these pictures on House Beautiful or Pinterest where everything looks so So beautiful. beautiful. Yes. And that's not... That's not reality. It can be reality for two minutes. Yes. We get sucked into wanting that yeah. too. You know, we do. We do. But at the same time, I think that's part of what we wanted to sort of talk about is let's look at things in a, in a bigger picture way. Yeah. Because I think one of the advantages, even though, you know, I've, I have changed my tune a lot over the years because I've seen clients and friends get an awful lot of benefit out of going on that medication. Yeah. And I would support anyone that wants to do that. Mm-hmm. For me, what it pushed me to do was look outside the box and say, okay, what do I need to do in order to, you know, look after me or look after my child when they're going through their um, emotional turmoil mm-hmm. or look after my partner when I can see he's struggling. So what, what are the kinds of things that help when we're in that situation? How do you help someone? For me, it was always um, what helps, especially if I'm feeling crap, is someone listening to me. Yeah. So I give that person, I give my child, I give my husband, I give my friend that space. Yeah. Let's, you know, get it off your chest. I'm not going to judge you for it. I'm going to be very authentic. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be real. Yeah. And I'm not going to sit there going, have you tried this? (laughs) You just need to do some yoga. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or meditate for an hour. Yeah. And you'll be fine. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so easy. Have you tried it? Yeah, no. 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 But in saying that, there is a lot of... Um, there's, is, there's an approach to helping someone see a bigger picture. Yeah. So what helped for you was, you know, you go and get on the medication, then you look at the diet, then you look at the exercise and all of that sort of stuff. Having the ability to look at the bigger picture is one of the best things you can do. Okay, so if I need to go on medication, what do I need? Well, what's got me to this point? Yeah. You know, what do I need to sort out? What am I not happy about? What do I feel stuck? Where do I feel stuck? Or where is my mind going that is, you know, driving me into this anxiety bundle of nerves so some people can get out of that situation which is great other people can't you know you might be in a situation where you're in and you've got the boss from hell yeah that is you know driven has expectations that no one can live up to but somehow you're trying to do that yeah so that is the difficult part when you're in a situation where you can't necessarily control the outcome in saying that, I still think there's ways of being able to help you really deal with that because you and I both might have the same nutcase boss, mm-hmm. but your approach might be different from mine. Yeah. And somehow I'm okay with it and you're not. Yeah, because we all have our different backgrounds and yes. our different experiences. Yes. And, and, yes. Um, but often, um, you know, it's, it's in my case, I simply couldn't think about can think clear enough couldn't absolutely yeah so that's where medication can help you yeah very much so but it it is still even though we're now talking about mental health more there's a lot more um, conversation about it there's a lot more help out there people like beyond blue um people are still afraid of talking about it and Mm. of being judged Mm. um and you know that's that's something certainly that you can do 
uh, to help somebody is, you know, ask them what steps they've taken. Yeah. Have they been to see the doctor? Yeah. You know, no suggesting pig scrotum tablets <laughs> on a Friday afternoon after five. And have they thought about what else might support them? Yeah. You know, how do you create that connection, community yeah. around you of supportive people? Yeah. What resources use? So, you know, one of the things that I always look at with people is what resources do you have within you, around you that help you feel better? You know, yeah. for some people that might be going for a walk or doing yoga or it might be, you know, going surfing or a, you, often it's something physical that you can do that makes you feel better. Yeah. So for me, you know, when I was working for a toxic boss, I used to um, walk to work, well, walk to the bus station, and it was cold, really cold in Canberra. But the sun rises at that time of the morning was spectacular. Mm-hmm. So I always stopped to take that in because that, that little part actually yeah. got me through that day. Yeah. Yeah. But often you can't, you know, and, until you're out of that initial space. It's difficult to think about who have I got that can help me because you feel so worthless. Yeah. Why would anyone want to help me? Mm. I'm pathetic. Mm. I'm worthless. I can't even get dressed. Yes. When you're beating yourself up so badly. Yeah. 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 I don't want to be a burden to anybody. Which drives you to the drink and the drugs. Yeah. yeah. So or the cake or the biscuits or the in cake. my case. Yes. Or yeah, yeah, toast. Whatever it is. Yeah. Whatever your drug of choice is. <laughs> At the end of the day, yeah, you need to have someone, I think, to create that connection to help you say, you know, what kind of what kind of things would help you yeah. to feel better? You know, yes, get medication. But if you're in a crappy relationship, maybe it's time to go and get some help around that. Yeah, definitely. If you're in a, you know, if you have a really bad boss, maybe it's time to find another job. Yeah. Or learn coping skills to deal with people like that. Yeah. Because unfortunately, it seems to be the nutcases that do make it to management. Yeah. <laughs> that take everyone along with them. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's also about not being, a, not playing the victim. Yeah. You know, it would have been really easy for me when I had my bipolar diagnosis to say, oh, well, that's just how it is. I'm bipolar. Yeah. I'm a label. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm going to have my ups and downs and I'm just going to give in to it. And I'm just, I'm just going to accept that, mm. you know, when I'm depressed, I become a sloth. And when I'm elevated, I sleep only two hours a night. And that's okay because mm. I can't do anything about it. Mm. But for me, I had to say no I may not be able to change the fact that I have bipolar disorder, but there are things I can do. I don't want to be a victim. I don't want to give away my life to this. Yes. So I have to take control as much as I'm able and in a healthy way and take responsibility for myself. Yes. And I think that's what, you know, one of the things that has always driven me. What can I do? So learning EFT, learning mindfulness. I remember, and I still use it. Remember the heart, maths, breathing technique? Yes. I still use that. That Yeah, and I forget about yeah. that, but it is really a fantastic tool. Yes. Um, and, I, you know, urge anyone to go and have a look at heart math. 
dot org I think, I think it, it is dot org yeah and they have a um, heart breathing technique which I'm pretty sure they give away you know just as general information yeah on how to actually it's a very it's a mindfulness practice yeah but you know they've shown the effects on the body and how quickly it can calm the mind down and one of the other things that um, you know for me has been yoga has been a very big tool for me yogurt yoga <laughs> not yogurt <laughs> And then on top of that is the food. Yeah. You know, I have a very dear friend who um, was so, so depressed. She used to go to the Black Talk Institute and everything, and they'd never seen someone really suicidal that, yeah. to that level. But she went and saw a naturopath who said, I think you've got a problem with gluten. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as she got off the gluten, the depression went away. Yeah. And I know for me... It's not to that extent, but I can feel it. Yeah. I can now, I've got that level of self-awareness now of what happens in my body that I can feel emotions when they come in. Yeah. And I can go, okay, I'm not so attached to them or get carried away by them. And that's mindfulness. Yeah. Has taught me that, has given me that gift. Um, If I hadn't have done that, I would never be able to track the emotion in the body because it's a very physical sensation. Yeah. And it's there for a reason. You know, emotions are about energy and they kind of spark off either a reaction in you to motivate you to do something about it. Yeah. So we can go into the negative stuff of, you know, pouring it out onto our family and getting angry and upset and, and really vigilant or all of those things, or we can feel stuck. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I completely agree. And I think something what you were saying about being aware of those physical feelings within you and how they are affected by your emotions certainly when I'm not in a particularly good place I'm also I'm almost disassociating Mm. with my physical body yes because it's all too painful yes emotionally painful yes um and so somehow if I kind of take myself out of my head it's almost like I'm projecting my thoughts outside my physical self yes and of course you can't evaluate how you're feeling if you're doing that no you become two separate the physical body yes and and the spiritual soul or whatever you want to call it and you have to integrate the two and that can be really scary sometimes yes and you need help yeah like even even therapists will get help yeah Okay. And therapists often other people that really need the help. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. But with don't you get it. <laughs> I would, for me, I've learnt now over my long, long journey of you know needing help to becoming helpful. Yeah. Is understanding that a good therapist gets help. Yes. Um, for their own stuff because it's a healing art. So we often come in with wounds. Yeah. And and those wounds help because I can now identify and empathize with other people's wounds very quickly because I understand them I've experienced them if you've had someone that won't experience them can't feel within their body the emotions and the impact that they have on on the people around them so they're not getting the work done I would suggest they're not going to be all that helpful for you yeah because they they either haven't experienced it or won't accept that they've experienced or deal with it or, and, and they're perhaps doing what I did and projecting that yes. outside their, yes. their physical self. Um, and certainly my clients will often say to me, it's so nice, Sharon, because you, will, you have this experience, you have this journey, 
and I don't actually have to really explain myself mm. to you. Mm. They don't um, feel judged. No. They don't have to go through to the end yeah. degree of explaining yeah. why they feel this way. Yeah, case. and I can say to them, okay, could it be that you feel this way because of such and such? And they'll, you know, there'll be silence on the other end of the phone for a bit, and they'll say, wow, I hadn't thought of I that. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or I hadn't remembered that that happened or, yeah. um, you know, that's just triggered something in me that takes me back. Um, and I think that's, that's really good for the person that you're talking to, to be able to uh, have that level of understanding. Yes, and I totally agree. So just to recap, in order to, to really start helping yourself, Absolutely, medication is a great idea if you're in that space of you can't get your head around yeah. why you're there or, or what's happened. Get yourself to a point where you can be stable enough to start getting really good help from a therapist, looking at what you can do to support yourself. What are your resources around you? Who's there yeah. to support you? Have you got the right tribe? Yeah. You know, the right people that won't judge you, that you know will accept you for who you are. If not, find a new tribe. Yeah. <laughs> relocate yeah but <laughs> relocate your brain <laughs> exactly and yeah. your loyalty relocate yeah. to the right people that can support you yeah definitely well i think that's about it for today awesome it's been wonderful yeah, and i'll uh, see you next time all right bye, bye.